0: Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Sounds like you're ready to worship the Lord this evening. It's good to have a place to come together together to meet with our Lord, isn't it? There's a lot of Christians that don't have a place like this. They have to hide. And when it's cold, they have to bundle up. When it's hot, they just have to sweat it out. We are blessed. We are really blessed. It's good to be here. Good to be in God's house. We are Thank the Lord for his traveling mercies. We just come right in from Indiana and uh, a lot of construction going on over there. Slowed things down a little bit, but we made it. We wasn't sure if maybe Jeremy was going to have to bring the evening message. but Amen. Well, let's stand and ask the Lord to have his way tonight. Lord, we ask that you would guide and direct this service. It's a privilege to be here in your presence with your people. We ask that this service would bring glory and honor to your name, Lord. We're here because of you. We're thankful for all that you've done in our hearts and the testimony that each one of us has, Lord. Time would fail us if we begin to explain all the many things that you've worked out in our favor so that we might inherit eternal life and so that we could remain faithful And how you've given us the victory and allow us to keep the victory over the enemy. We praise you for that. We ask that you would guide and direct this service. In Jesus' name, amen you may be seated. I wonder if anyone has a testimony this evening. Amen. Good. Thank the Lord the Lord. Amen. Good. Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes, good. <laughs> Amen. I remember how we prayed for my nephew, and how he doesn't seem to have any more problems. Good. Let's remember that prayer request. We're gonna to go to prayer here in just a little while. Amen. Anyone else with a praise on your heart? Lord, been good to you this week. Been feeding you. Praise the Lord. For the prayer today. Something I praise the Lord. Knows our needs before we do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good, good. Anybody else? Amen. I don't know what to say. That's all right. But I just thought I would forgive one of send Praise the Lord. Amen. For what it means to me. Amen. Oh. Thank the Lord. Well, so Um, this Today in the car, and it was an encouragement. Good. The Lord has bought the victory for us. Amen. And if we're on His side,
1: well, it just was an encouragement to me. Praise I
0: the whole, Lord. Keep holding on. Praise the um, Lord. And the, the devil is a liar. He is our adversary, and he's sure. trying to trip us up any way he can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to thank the Lord for that encouragement as I listen to that. Amen. Uh, the Lord's our um, advocate. He's our intercessor. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm just thankful for what he is to me. Thank he the Lord. What he is. <laughs> Praise and the I'm Lord. For um, well, for that message and the encouragement it brought to my heart. To Amen. Just keep holding on. Uh, I intend to do that. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. He's given us the victory. I've been thinking along those lines this week. And I tell you, it's hard to be discouraged when you know you're a winner. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? I need to thank the Lord for answers to prayer. And yes. For the power of the blood and
1: for His mercy and God grace. God has been so good to me. I don't deserve a thing, but right. I want to thank Him and praise Him for all His many blessings benefits. and benefits. Amen. about many.
0: Thank the Lord. Good. Good. Praise the Lord. Amen.
1: I went through so many
0: hardships, but he learned to just keep pressing forward and be thankful. And uh, we have so much to be thankful for. It's Amen. So many blessings. And i to be careful to thank the Lord for those things and to keep remembering how good he is to us no matter how we feel or what we see at circumstances. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful, too, that God's in control. Of our Amen. Action. Praise the Lord. Good. Anybody else? Amen. This is your last chance to testify before the elections are counted. <laughs> if that means anything special to you. <laughs> Yes, and praise the Lord. Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes. Thank the Lord. Good. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody else? I'd like to share a thought from the scriptures with you. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Daniel. We'll look at this passage. We'll uh, take up some prayer requests. Uh, If no one else has anything on your hearts, we'll sing a song and uh, gather in for prayer at the closing of the song and have a season of prayer for our country and the elections. And we'll depart on that note, trusting the Lord. Daniel chapter 2. And Let's ask the Lord to give us understanding as we read this. We love you Lord and we thank you once again for the privilege to open up a copy of your word and read from it together. We pray, Lord, as we hear this word in our ears, that we would hear it in our hearts. We pray, Lord, that you would give us the understanding of the truths that you want to speak to our hearts at this time. And for that, we'll give you the glory and the praise and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Daniel chapter 2. You've probably all heard the story. I'm not going to go into all the details and read every verse to you. You can read that on your own time if you want to. We're mostly going to look at verses 20 through 23, but to give a little background on the story, the king has a dream, a troubling dream. And this dream is uh, unique. It's a prophecy. Uh, it's troubling this king who doesn't have his own personal connection with the Lord, but God had given him this dream to prophesy about what was to happen. And uh, even a little prophecy in there about the Christ and the Messiah that was soon to come and reign forever, and his kingdom there would be no end. But the king says that he has a dream, and so what does he do? He does what every king back then would do, if they want some good advice about something, he calls for his wise men. And uh, that, there could probably be a good illustration there, a good principle of truth to even us. So who, who do we go to for wisdom? Who do we go to for counsel? But the king, he had ungodly wise men uh, in his kingdom. And he called for the wise men that were ungodly and they came and they said, well, I said, well, we'll be happy to try to do what we can. They said, but you got to tell us what the dream is. And he said, oh, no, he said, oh, we're not going to do that. He said, "Uh, you're going to get, first off, I think he said, you'll get prizes and I'll reward you. Uh, I'm going to give you good things. uh, If you can tell me the interpretation of this. And they said, okay, well, they were ready for the prizes. You know, they said, all right, give it to us and we'll tell you what it means. And uh, he said, no. He said, you, you got to tell me what the dream is, too, because he said, I've forgotten that already. It's a troubling dream, but I've forgotten. And uh, he said, furthermore, if you can't tell me, he said, you'll be slain. I'll have all the wise men killed. Now, that sounds pretty temperamental there, doesn't it? But he said, yeah, oh, I'm going to have all the wise men killed. If you can't answer this, you're no good to me. I'm just going to have rid of you. And, uh, of course, they said, well, don't I give us more time. He said, no, and uh, pretty short-tempered, and he sent to have them all slain. They couldn't tell him. He said, the wise men said, no, no king. He said, no king in all the land, no person in the world has ever asked such a tough question. You know, they always want an interpretation, but they give, you know, the dream. They tell what the dream was, and then supposedly these wise men are going to interpret it. But he, he said, uh, they told the king, they said, you know, we, we got to at least know what the dream is if we're going to interpret it. And he said, well... He said, if that's all the good you are, in so many words. Paraphrasing, of course, here, but you can go read it for yourself. See, he was going to have all the wise men slain. So then Daniel and the three Hebrew children, or young men, I believe at this point, he said, uh, they were summoned to be slain. How'd you like to be in your house? And come on, time to be killed. That's quite a shock, isn't it? But they sent to slay them, and... and, uh, Said the Daniel and the Hebrew boys or men, they want to know what was going on, and they said, Yeah, you're gonna be slain because of this is what's happened with the king. And so he said, Oh, well let's talk to the king. He said, I I I know I believe that the Lord can give the interpretation for this dream. And so he goes and talks to the king, and he said, The no person here on this earth knows, but the God of heaven knows, the Lord knows, and he can interpret and give wisdom and the interpretation of the dream. And so The king says, All right. So Daniel goes back to his home, uh, goes back to his house, and tells the other men there, brings it before them, says, Hey, the king has a dream. And uh, the urgency was there. Their life depended on it. And they went to pray and they went to the Lord about it. And that evening or that night, it says in the scriptures that Daniel was given the vision of the dream and the interpretation. Uh, I want to come in here uh, at the end and, and Daniel's reply to that interpretation. in verse number 20, says, Daniel answered and said, this is talking to the Lord, blessed be the name of God, of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and the secret things He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who hast given me wisdom and might, and hast made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. And so it was given to Daniel to go to the king and deliver this great message Uh, and of course the king was pleased and obviously their lives were spared and other wise men but I want us to look at this passage in number 21 thinking of our elections thinking that God is in control of everything I know we have a system set up that we cast our vote and I trust each one of you did we've been talking about it and talking about it and you probably have people knocking on your door and I've been getting text messages and phone calls and even friends letting me know that I need to make sure that I vote and we did yesterday I had dedicated about an hour and 45 minutes of my time to make sure the government knew what my voice was and Mike had donated her time along with me it took quite a while they seemed to be disorganized downtown when we voted early but nonetheless there's a system set in place as I believe that there always has been down through times as we would look at history even in the scriptures and find that there were these systems they had uh, things where sometimes the people would decide. Sometimes the king would try to be uh, deciding himself if he was powerful enough. But there's always been a man who's tried to decide. But really, ultimately, God is in control. And as we think about this election and we look around us and we've been tuned in to this new source or that one. And we've talked to this person or that one. And we may think that we know what's going to happen. We may think, oh you know, Trump's going to win by a landslide, or we may be worried and say, oh, maybe this Biden's going to get in and change the country and take this nation in a different direction, away from godly heritage, and, and put the clampers down on religious freedoms and free speech and a lot of other things, and things will be changing. But really, God is in control. God is in control. God moves hearts. God changes things. And as I thought about the results, even though we can tend to think that we know how things are going to be, and we are entitled to our opinion, and there's nothing evil about having an opinion as long as it's always submitted to God's will. And I think that's what I want us to understand tonight. That's what I feel the message the Lord has given me tonight is just to help us to understand that though we may feel like we know what's going to happen, that it's in the Lord's hands and we must be submitted to His will. It doesn't mean that you don't vote and you just say, well, Lord, just do whatever you want to do. God expects us to do what we can. A good quote that I heard from Adam Buckler, and I forget the message right now, but one of his messages, he quoted this statement. He said, if you'll do what you can, God will do what you can't. And that's trusting the Lord. People get all twisted up and discombobulated. I don't know if that's a word in the dictionary. But they get discombobulated. Their world gets flipped upside down. And they, get, they carry, they're laden down with these burdens that's too heavy for them to carry. And God hasn't intended people to carry burdens It's not for them. They get all worn down by these burdens that they're trying to carry because they won't simply do what they can and leave the rest in God's hands. But that's the kind of people God wants. To do what we can, to do our part, to walk in obedience, to walk in wisdom that He's given to us. And leave the rest in his hands to trust in him. And as I thought about this election, it's easy to think that, oh, God would want us to have a righteous leader. God would want us to remain a Christian nation as we see it today. God would want freedom uh, to send out missionaries and freedom to, for uh, American Christians to worship together and to share the gospel. But it also seems to be true in Scripture that sometimes God would allow people to be punished with wicked rulers. God has allowed that. You look through the Old Testament, you look through the New Testament, you'll find examples of that. When God's people uh, didn't stand in the gap and they didn't do their part. And I'm not saying it's you or me that we didn't do our part. I'm not trying to point fingers tonight. But certainly there's a lot more as uh, the Christian movement of America could have been doing. That seems like we've been asleep. And I'm saying we very inclusively. Maybe he's outside some circles of which you would uh, consider to be Christian. But those that identify themselves as Christians are not really living up to what a Christian is supposed to be like. We've really taken a back seat. We've really kind of put it on cruise. I heard a story uh, about a lawsuit, and the guy won the lawsuit. But he said he bought this brand new motorhome. I forget, it was two or $300,000. That's a lot of money spend for something that has wheels you hear that Jeremy don't you be going and getting a Tesla for two or three hundred thousand dollars but he got this motor home for two or three hundred thousand dollars however much it was and uh, said it had cruise control or autopilot whatever it was called or some name for it and uh, I don't know if it was steering assist or what it was but he was by himself and he got this thing going down the highway and set it up there and adjusted the throttle on it and he went back to make a cup of coffee. Well, I don't probably have to explain too many of the details about what happened while he was trying to fix coffee. Needless to say I'm sure he spilled some coffee somewhere along the way and smashed up his big motor home. And he took it to court and said well they didn't say in the fine print that it wouldn't steer itself down the road. That it wouldn't drive itself and he won the case. <laughs> I don't know where this country is going by the way of the court system, but God sometimes will give people a wicked ruler to wake them up and to make them fervent Christians. The Christians in China, I haven't been to China. This is not a first-hand uh, word, but I've heard, and it's also in the Voice of the Martyrs, I believe, some years ago, that the Chinese Christians are praying that American Christians would suffer persecution not because the Chinese Christians are harsh, not because they want others to endure persecution like them, but they know how the gospel flourishes. They know how people's faith deepens. It's kind of like when the wind blows the tree sees the need that it needs deeper roots and it wants to take deeper roots. And I, I don't remember if it was Micah or Kevin's wife Rebecca talking about plants and how if you water them all the time they just have shallow roots but if, you're, if you don't water them as much they tend to send, send down roots and to get anchored in and go looking for the water and get the strength and I think we might get into some of that uh, studying the book on prayer, William Harney's book on praying clear through, he talks about that, he said God just doesn't give every blessing as soon as we ask for it but God wants us to flex our spiritual muscles, flex our discipline, flex our faith, flex our persistence in Him and trusting in Him Regardless of what we may see or think or hear or what we think we can understand with our little peanut brains, God's ways are so much higher than our ways. And we need to understand that we do our part and we should. We leave the rest in God's hand because David says that it's the Lord that he changes the times and the seasons. And he removeth kings and he setteth up kings. And he giveth wisdom and he giveth knowledge. And he revealeth the deep secrets, and the dark things, and the light. The Lord knows all about it. The Lord is in control. Just because you or I may not uh, seem like from our perspective that that's the best setup or the best situation, uh, doesn't mean that that's not God's plan. We don't always understand God's plan. You can be uh, really close to God. You can be a saint of 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years... And you you just don't understand God's ways sometimes. His ways are above ours, and He wants us to trust in Him. And so regardless of what directions the election may go, if you've done your part, leave the rest in God's hands. I'm convinced that if God puts Trump in, we'll be blessed. And I believe if God would put Biden in, I believe that we'll be blessed, because God is still in control, regardless of who gets the president's seat. We're still called to serve Him. We still have a God that we can trust in, no matter what times may bring. We've seen throughout this year already the different circumstances that have come upon us unplanned. But God has been faithful, and He's carried us through. Oh, yes, there's been some unexpected turns and twists along the way, and some of our hopes and dreams haven't come to fruition like maybe we planned. Some of the schedules have gotten interrupted, and some of our plans have had to change. But the Lord is still in control. We're still a blessed people, and we can still trust in him. He's still trustworthy, even more so in shaky times. Is he trustworthy? I want us to sing. Let's stand and turn to hymn number 272, Jesus Never Fails. Jesus Never Fails. Before we sing this, I wonder if there's any other special prayer request. I uh, would hope that our time could be primarily focused on praying for our country and for the elections, but that's not to say that If you have another prayer request, we can't pray for that as well. God is not a one-track mind, that's for sure. So I wonder if you have any prayer requests you'd like to lift this evening. All right. Well, let's sing this, and then on the last uh, verse, maybe starting into the chorus, we'll gather in in prayer, those of you who'd like to gather in. 272, Jesus never fails.
1: still loves and cares for